What's going on guys? Welcome to Pantel Zoom episode 10. This is a milestone for us. We, I can't believe it. Um, as always, I'm joined here with my awesome, awesome Star Wars hat wearing co-host Tyra Listen. Say what's up, man. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, yeah, episode 10. This one's a big one uh, and we want to do it special. Not only are the holidays coming up, uh, we're going to be focusing a lot on Christmas uh, and we have some Star Wars stuff. So the two best things and we have a great interview and chat with a, a friend of mine, Dominic Jones. Uh, he's a cool guy. We did some fun uh, conversation and kind of uh, just some silly stuff with him, uh, as well as some serious stuff. And we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff with uh, Jack later on. Uh, and Jack, Jack channel stuff. Yeah, it's going to be great. And we're going to do what we typically do here. We're going to do letterbox, and we have a question. That's a really good question from Doc. So we're going to get to that. Tim, you can start with letterbox. Go ahead. All right, man. Uh... Tis the season, you know. Every every December, I start watching stuff that uh, I'm not afraid to admit that I like. Um, yeah, man. So, I watched Nancy Myers' The Holiday. Uh, yep. Nancy Myers, if you don't know, recently just did the interview. Sorry, the intern, not the interview. That's <laughs> Seth Rogen. Um, uh, Holiday is a perfect rom com um, from start to finish. It's actually very long. It's like two hours and fifteen minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz and uh, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, um, and Jack Black. Yeah. Honestly, perfect casting, perfect writing, perfect editing, perfect directing, great score. If you haven't seen this movie, don't be deceived. Just go and watch it. It's seriously amazing. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, uh, that's on the arsenal every year for the Christmas. I have like a Christmas list of movies that I watch every year, and that's on there. Um, and it, It's a fun one. My favorite Christmas movie of all time is the very merry, or a very merry Christmas. Uh, the <laughs> best movie I'm, of all time. I don't believe you. I don't yeah. believe you. Um, no, Sophia Coppola's masterpiece. Yeah, masterpiece. It's uh, better than anything her father ever did. Um, okay, so seriously though, uh, I checked out a bunch of movies so far, but um, I'm going to talk about something that I got the box set. We got the box set of uh, Neil Blomkamp, um, and <laughs> and. Uh, I hadn't seen Elysium before because uh, people said it sucked and it kind of slipped into my radar. And, and I don't know, I've, I've come to love Matt Damon. So there was two things. I like Blomkamp and I like Damon and it's the only one I hadn't seen. I have it on Blu-ray, so there's an excuse to watch it. And you know what? Screw the haters. It's a great film. Uh, the ending might be a little bit weak. Um, but other than that, I really enjoy it. You know what? I'm going to go on record and say that to me, at least in essence and inspiration. I think this movie takes a lot from Mad Max, obviously not Fury Road because it came out uh, before that, but the original Mad Max from the kind of dystopian world to the kind of like steampunk, almost horrorish kind of like uh, exteriors of the characters and the places, as well as the fact that the guy's name's Max uh, and the cool cars and stuff that they do. And I think it's, it's a really good piece. Jodie Foster sucks though. Like I would honestly want to kill her. Yeah. From, (laughs) From her whole character to the ending, I'm not going to say anything, but like just how they handle that character is bad and the ending's bad. But I, can't, I think it builds on the kind of like 
unofficial trilogy of films that he has going on there. And I would check it out. Check it out, guys. It's actually worth it. The one thing I kind of wish, because I'm also in the same boat. I don't hate it. I, I just mm. don't love it. Um, mm. And I don't like actually love any of his films. I thought Chappie was really good. I thought District 9 was pretty fun, too. But uh, mm-hmm. I think the problem is, it's like, Get so much hate. The guy has three fucking films. Give him a give him a break. He yeah, needs to and have they, a body of work that you can then really understand and hate. Yeah, and you know what? I, I stick out from because he is Canadian. Uh, well, <laughs> I knew he's, South, he, he's, he's South African, and then he came to Canada for film school. But yeah, three films, incredibly young, incredibly mm-hmm. talented. All of his films have made money at the box office. He is doing what you need to do if you're a director. He's making stuff that is original and he's also working within the Hollywood system and he knows what he's doing. There's nothing you can ask more for in a young director. Yeah. But when you get present, uh, Peter Jackson presents, uh, <laughs> on your film that yeah. ruins a reputation. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so I, I am due for another watch of those. Also quick side note about Elysium. <laughs> um, it's post-apocalyptic world and people still fucking listen to dubstep. Like what is going, what's going on? Yeah. And, I'm That's glad about great, I'm, I'm glad about one thing. Like with Chappie, the, one of the worst parts was that die ant word, the, like that rap, whatever trap group, whatever there. But when I went and looked at uh, this, Max, who's played by Matt Damon, was originally the role was offered Matt to Damon. some South African rapper first, and then Eminem second. And you know Eminem's good in Eight Mile, but like stay, please, Bomb Camp, stay away from the rappers in the lead role. It's your undoing, man. Stay That's away from them. Yeah, I did not know that. It's got a thing. Yeah, um, he's got a thing. So, I always look forward to that segment. It's actually one of my favorite segments yeah. of the show. Um, because at episode 10, you can start talking about a podcast like it's been around forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember episode one. God, do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, man, with uh, Matt and uh, Jackson from Flip Fanatics. Oh, and, um, it's hard to forget when Jackson's dead. Yeah, yeah I know, right? And it's just uh, it was such a, a nerve-wracking experience because we had we we screwed a lot of stuff up but that's what happens when you first start a show and i think we've come a lot of way a long way in developing the show and it it's Definitely. not gonna stop here it's gonna keep on getting better but 10 episodes double digits christmas mm-hmm. star wars awesome questions awesome segments awesome guests this is what we're all about and thank you everybody for uh watching and listening because uh obviously yes. the show wouldn't be here without you guys and it wouldn't uh continue to have some uh monochrome of success that it has already without uh, any uh viewer and uh, fan support oh i couldn't have said any better seriously namaste um before we move on Jack's channel stuff um, where we talk to him about favorite Christmas movies because it's December there's no better movie to watch than Christmas movie um, we got a question sent to us this past week from um, Doc Samson who is M4 Movies on YouTube you've probably seen before um, mm-hmm. he's also Perplexed Damage on Instagram as well um, do you want to read it or shall I? yeah I'll go for it uh, okay. He sent us a question on Facebook to Pantel Zoom, uh, and he said, "What's up, fellas? Got a two-part question for a future episode. It's about retirement. Hollywood icons Gene Hackman and Jack Nicholson are uh, either retired or pretty close. What two actors have been around for fifteen to twenty years of acting? You could see replacing them for the next twenty years, and then also, what other actor or actress do you see retiring within the next five years? I could see Danny DeVito retiring when Always Sunny concludes the series." Uh, and lastly, he says, keep up the great work. 
Thank, Thank you, you, Doc. Uh, this is a loaded question. This is a great question. But Tim, we'll we'll ask you first. What two actors, or I guess you can go with one, uh, have been around for fifteen to twenty years uh, of acting, and you could see replacing these two as acting for at least another twenty plus years? Definitely. Um, well, first off, you got Gene Hackman and Jack Nicholson as an example. I also want to put in Sean Connery, even though he doesn't act that much. Um, mm-hmm. He's another one of those that is pretty much reaching his end. Um, I'm going to go with Diane Keaton, actually. Um, Go the female route, um, because uh, she's been around for a long time, long time. Um, And she's still kicking, and she's still doing it, and she has aged very, very well. A lot of these actors have to age well um, to keep getting roles, or they just get cast as the curmudgeon. Uh, uh, I think that Diane Keaton, not only is she a really great actress, and she aged well, um, she has the drive, and she can play a grandmother or a mother, um, and she has a lot of roles that she can play. Um, and because if you look at Jack Nicholson in his career, he was the young guy, then he was like you know the father figure, and then he was like the grumpy old man. And you kind of have to be a versatile actor to keep your acting career. You can't be like Paris Hilton, and she's only in Cat in the Hat, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Yeah. I'm going to go with her. What about you? You know, it's difficult. You have a lot of uh, actors uh, getting up there in age. Um, you have people like Robert Redford and Bruce Dern, but like Dern, he's hit a stride again. Uh, I was going to say Max von Sydow, but, uh, and he's going to be in Star Wars, but I thought of something on that note. I think Harrison Ford is about to retire. Um, oh. Because, if anything, Harrison Ford has a long, illustrious career. Interesting guy, a bit weird, has been in films that have amassed them like box office records as well as like seven billion dollars or something crazy uh, uh, overall uh but you know i personally am one to believe that harrison ford will probably be only in seven like i think he'll die that's just my personal opinion like i don't have anything really telling me that i just think that's what's going to happen and i see a couple more years and then i see retirement i don't see him being like okay guys i'm retired i just see him slowly not fading off but slowly you know, taking a backseat to some of his other interests and passions like flying and things like that. So I think Harrison Ford is one of those guys that will retire because he knows better than anybody else where, where, uh, you know, when it's time to call it quits and he, he will go off. I think the best thing for him would be to go off on a strong note and finish with star Wars and, and be done. So if he's the one that's going to retire along with, um, Gene Hackman and Jack Nicholson, who, who would continue? Like, Who's an actor who's been around for a while who's going to continue with old age to the uh, point that they have? That's interesting. There's a lot of great middle-aged actors that I'm looking at. Um, just just quick note. I know that Harrison Ford is actually not ending with Star Wars because he's rumored for Indiana Jones 5 and unti- uh, the untitled Blade Runner project. But somebody new. Um, Leo uh, comes up first uh, because um, Leo's not old, but he's not incredibly young anymore uh he is definitely still in his prime and his prime will continue Mm -hmm. Uh, if he doesn't get an academy award this year he will be he's pretty much in the race every single year and he's one of those guys that is going to be like a jack nicholson he's going to be nominated and he's going to be rewarded uh for his film roles for various decades he has he has an acting style he has a he has a the way about him that screams uh, long acting career he doesn't rely on his physique he doesn't rely really on his looks like I know a lot of people think he's attractive but like that's not what makes Leo 
one of the best actors alive right now. It's not what he looks like. It, it's really his acting chops. So he's not one that's going to fall off when he can't maintain a, a physique anymore or a, a really a look because honestly, that I don't think that's what his career is about. But that's why I think I'm picking Leo because I think he has the longest trajectory still and he has the most upside still for me. The, the real test is if 50, uh, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, um, will we... If YouTube's still around, will we we YouTube younger clips of him? Oh yeah, because he's so relevant as he got older. Because he's already done just like Jack Nicholson. They did groundbreaking roles when they were young, and they've also done groundbreaking roles when they're older. And I think that's a sign of a true Hollywood star. And I think Leo is a perfect um, perfect choice. The other question, the other part was um, which actually. Oh, hey, you already answered that. Oh shit. Um, Oh shit! Robert De Niro retiring and maybe I could see him calling quits really early for some reason. I mean, that's a lot of bullshit. Like you know, yeah. machete and stuff. But like that doesn't really count. Like yeah. he hasn't really done a major, major role. Um, you know, one that really stands out to me. And I think he yeah. could slowly. He's got a house where I live, um, and I think like he's probably just going to end up living in some small town. Yeah, De Niro is an interesting one. Uh, he's been siding a lot with David Russell lately, doing those kind of mm-hmm. same roles. Uh, and those are his only... Yeah, that's his only really decent roles, I think, of late. Like, they're not great, but they're not they're not bad. Um, I think he has kind of been personally not very good for a very long time. But uh, I, I'd like to see him call it quits because I think for, for legacy reasons, I think that it would just be good. And he's he, he's not young. But Tim, like, what what about an actor that will continue for oh, another that, 20 years? You missed Diane that one. Keaton. Diane Keaton. Oh, for you, that was Diane Keaton to keep on yeah, going? Yeah. yeah, I think she she can keep going until she dies. Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that I, or, or Will Smith, right? Will, Will Smith is going to keep acting forever. He's not going to stop. Yeah, I could see that. And he looks young. <laughs> he still looks young. Tom yeah. Cruise is another one that screams. Oh, Tom Cruise is so because, good. He's phenomenal. Yeah, he hasn't aged. And he's, he's got really, young roles, too, that are really good. Yeah, and and he, older roles. Yeah, and he hasn't given up yet. He's never had a box office failure. Mm-hmm. Maybe critically he's had a failure, but not box office-wise. Really? And uh, even Edge of Tomorrow, I believe, was actually all right in the end. Um, which, Sorry. yeah, you don't like. I, I enjoy. I think he's hit. I think he's at the peak right now. Mission Impossible was the exact same movie as Spectre and like twenty times better. So uh, he's he's a he's another. Uh, That's a perfect example. He's another really good, uh, really good guy. I don't know who uh, who outside of that. <laughs> Adam Sandler, yeah, to he, people's he's detriment. The. <laughs> He's gonna be making shit forever, uh, and some like I don't know. Um, Doc, thank you so much for those questions. Those are really awesome. Yeah. Um, if anyone's got a question, you know where to reach us: Twitter, Facebook. Um, please, anything is welcome. Um, every once in a while, we'll do a call out for questions. But if you have a burning question, do Send it. it. Do it just like Doc did. It's, uh, it's awesome. So we are now moving on to the fucking best time of the year and that is christmas time um so we're gonna be meeting with jack from jack channel stuff so here we go great job on chance the eighth bad guy you've taken care of this month alone that's gonna be 
I mean, I got uh, pretty big shoes to fill. You should do. You know, everything's not the same since Jason left us. Hello, Jason. Got myself to a drink. Are you another guilt-ridden hallucination? We got some big news to show you. Bones alive! One crazy star for one crazy guy. That masked assassin has the laptop. He's gonna try to get the other laptop. If he does, he'll get the swords. I don't know where the assassin is. I don't know where the swords are. We gotta get going. Come on! Let's fuck him up, huh? Okay, guys, we are here with um, a very awesome guest at a very awesome time in the year. Um, it's December, so uh, we part of our like we were looking through um, our subscribers, and we saw that Jack, a really good friend of ours, was doing Christmas reviews. Um, so we are here with Jack from Jack's Channel Stuff. Um, please introduce yourself and say what's up. Uh, hey, everybody, uh, Jack from Jack's Channel Stuff, and it's just. Yeah, it's just really great to be on the show, and it's been a really good show so far, and I'm just, just thrilled to be on it, so thanks for having me. We'll get ready to talk some Christmas films. Sweet. <laughs> We're excited Thank to have you, man. We're very excited to have you. We're in the future. We had to do this proper. <laughs> yeah. We're in the future uh, for everybody who's watching the other segments. But, we're, yeah, like Tim said, we're, we're here to talk about Christmas and Christmas movies and things like that. So, Tim, do you have a question that you want to start off with? Well, I first have a saying. I, I think if you watch Christmas movies in, like, summer, like, that's so fucking ass backwards. I think that, um, <laughs> so my question is for Jack is, like, what are those movies that you save for Christmas time? That Like, what's the first one you watch? Home Alone. Straight up Which one? One or, one or two? Oh, number, number one. I have to watch number one and two. Home Alone 1, I think I speak on behalf for a lot of people born in the 90s and saying it's my favorite Christmas film of all time. Hmm. That's the first one I just instantly go to because it's just I have so much nostalgia tied to that film, but also because I just love everything about it in terms of it being a Christmas film. You know, like the music, the tone, the feel, and the acting, and the comedy. I always go to Home Alone first, mm -hmm. and then like Home Alone 2, 3 and 4, no. Uh, but <laughs> <Four>. I <do. laughs> Damn, I forgot that existed. Yeah, that, that's best if we just leave that uh, wherever it belongs. But anyway, I always go to Home Alone 1 first. That's the first one I watched like a few weeks ago. Bam, Home Alone 1, straight away. Christmas feels deep down inside. Let's get the train rolling. <laughs> that's the one I always go to first. And 2, Home Alone 1 and 2 are the first ones I go to. For some you reason, to. I go to 2 more. Like, for some reason, like, 1 is amazing because there's so many, like, it's so, it was what it was, you know, and then Home Alone 2 is like a recreation of the first one, but mm -hmm. uh, Home Alone 2 is a lot more violent, and it's, a, it's like the scene of Marv when he's getting electrocuted and you see a skeleton quite <laughs> possibly could be the best scene in cinematic history. Yeah. I, I will go on record saying that I don't like Home Alone. Oh, I, I get it. it. I get it. I, I, <laughs> I really do. Face. Yeah, I know, right? 
Uh, and this is why I think I think it's interesting because I really get it and I appreciate it. That's the difference. Like just because I don't enjoy personally watching it, I understand the full nostalgic factor behind it and the filmmaking things like that. Um, do you like John Hughes? I do stuff? like John Hughes. Okay, I do, okay. and um, he he just wrote this. He didn't even direct this, did he? Whoa, that's like a Tim Burton thing. Like, yeah, I think it was Chris Columbus that actually directed this. But um, I you know like I understand. Uh, I I just. I don't know. Yeah, it was Chris Columbus who directed this screenplay by John Hughes. Um, My life. It's just yeah, crumbled. I <laughs> no, I will say one thing, though. I will say one thing. Uh, Joe Pesci in it is really good. I really enjoy Joe Pesci. Oh, yeah. it, the, the first one has moments where, like, you know when um, every time someone drives in their driveway, they knock over that one statue? Like, <laughs> I love those little nuances, um, but I just love the inclusion of Tim Curry, Rob Schneider, um, that that's some good shit in that second one. Um, oh yeah. So what other what are after you've done Home Alone, Home Alone two, um, and if you're you know I know you don't tell anyone, but you watch Home Alone three as well. Uh, <laughs> I do, I do like Home Alone three actually. Um, what are the other movies that you go to watch? Do you watch like the animated Christmas specials or stuff like that? Um, not really. I just I just stick to just the live action stuff. Uh, I only usually watch like a small group of Christmas films. Like this year, I'm just gonna watch the exact same films I watched last year. Mm. Like, so far this Christmas, well this December, I've watched Home Alone one and two, The Santa Claus with Tim Allen, which I do really like actually. The first one. The and first the other day, one. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't even seen two and three, and I just <laughs> never planned to in my life. No, I love two. I love two. <laughs> the trilogy. <laughs> Fair enough, but. So I watched that. Then the other day, I watched a film that I'm, I know that Dave loves, Jingle All the Way. With oh, oh hell my God. I mean, yeah. hell yes. It's it's a film that it's a perfect guilty pleasure because I know it's not particularly good, but it's just a film that I have so much fun watching because it's just so entertaining seeing Arnold run across the city looking for this one toy. And also the scenes where everyone's just like throwing each other into the shelves and the toys are falling off the shelves. Put that and cookie it's... down. Put that cookie down. <laughs> now. No. One, of the greatest, one, of, one of the greatest Arnold quotes of all time. That movie's and... full of great Arnold quotes. Like I just love like even oh, yeah. like uh and don't forget, you're my number one customer. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the thing the That's thing people good. fail to realize, um, and I just put a video out for Christmas with the Cranks, um, which is another Tim Allen one. He was like the Christmas guy, especially there in the early two thousands. Um, what people fail to realize with Christmas movies is a lot of the time they're not supposed to be technical masterpieces. They're not supposed to be something that is like a movie for every day of the year, you know, that you can constantly revisit. The whole point of a lot of these Christmas movies are dumb fun, holiday, nostalgia. Yeah family flicks and that's why like these movies are good and and I think Tim said this uh, maybe in his review uh, one of his reviews uh, a couple weeks ago or we were just talking about it but like you had to put movies on a different scale for Christmas it's not on the scale of one to five like you yeah. put every other movie and I think it was that one that came out what was that one that came out this year that uh, loved Coopers or something like that Tim? <laughs> yeah I get that yeah. movie five four stars out of five <laughs> yeah and that's interesting so like um that's why things like Love Actually are in my pantheon oh, because that movie is so good. Because while probably on a on a normal day that movie wouldn't stack up in my top ten, but like in Christmas it's like it's it's legendary for me. 
And I think going back to like like Jingle All the Way, I think Jack, you said it, it's like it's it is a guilty pleasure by all mm-hmm. means. Like yeah. you can never put that movie up next to like even though I don't like it like The Godfather or something like that. But at Christmas time, there's it's slim pickings still in this day and age. There's I mean if you don't count all of those shitty like uh, straight to ABC Christmas movies, <laughs> it's really slim pickings. And Jingle All the Way is a shining shining example of what a movie used to be back then. What's one, you know, I said I didn't like Home Alone, uh, and I might get pitchforks for that, but Jack, is there one <laughs> Christmas will. film that is, like, up there for most people that you absolutely hate? Like, I know, uh, <laughs> you know, I actually, I'll go out and say, like, I don't like It's a Wonderful Life, I don't like White Christmas, things like that. So I'll say that, even though I'm a Christmas movie fan, I, I, have, I have certain ones I don't like very much that a lot of people enjoy. What's Damn. one movie for you, or two, or three, that you don't like? Are you a Charlie Brown Christmas hater, or are you a lover? Like, let, let us know what your what your least favorite film in the Christmas pantheon is. Um, well, I've never watched any Charlie Brown, but uh, that's hard because I don't know. I don't. I don't. Can't really think of a Christmas film that I, I can say that I hate so much. I mean, I don't know. But it's a Wonderful Life. I watched that in college and. I liked it. I thought it was okay, but like it's not up there for me. I don't think I'm ever going to revisit that film again. Yeah. But apart from that, there's no... I mean, Christmas films are supposed to be jolly and full of festivity right. and Christmas cheer, and I don't know how you fail at that. So I think for that, I can't think of any... I mean, there's there's ones that I don't care for as much like like Fred Claus. I know Tim likes that one, but that's one that... <laughs> I don't know if I like it or not. I, I, I watched it, and, like, there's there's redeeming parts, but I don't know if I'm going to watch it again. I, yeah, I'm like, kind of with film, you on that one. Yeah. See, Fred Claus is, like, a film that is... Nah, it's, it's not... Yeah, it came and went. That's, about, that's a perfect thing, there. How about Deck the Halls? I'll never watch that again. The uh, Matthew Broderick... Um, I think Danny DeVito is in that. Mm-hmm. I have one, though, that I know is going to piss Tyrell off. Um, I watched on Netflix two years ago, I think, or a year ago. I watched Bad Santa, and I couldn't make it through it. The dude, you, you have to revisit. <laughs> revisit. No, no, dude, the joke, no, I never saw it up until two years ago. And uh, maybe it was because I didn't see it when I was younger, but the yeah. jokes were so stupid. Yeah, dude, oh, it's, it's so good. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. It's it's such a like crude and like really vile piece. <laughs> it's not, but to me it wasn't. Like oh I think God. if I was twelve years old, yeah. like it's like, it's like when I was twelve and I saw Chainsaw and Bob Strike Back, mm-hmm. that was like that was like life to me. <laughs> I got life from that. And I'm sure it's the same way, but I just didn't see it then. Jack, did you see uh Bad Santa? Bad Santa is one of my favorite Christmas films oh, of all time. Shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's the perfect non-Christmas film, but also a Christmas film of sorts. It's just I love it. I just think it's so funny. It's one of my favorite comedies of all time. I quote it to this day with my brother. We're just there going half to each other, and it's just, just it's awesome. The wooden and pickle, I love man, the wooden pickle. <laughs> oh my god, it's all these it, I love it. Going over my head. <laughs> I didn't. I never it's, finished the movie. It's amazing, I love it. And yeah. I, I just I love the emotion at the end as well. It's like surprisingly emotional at the end where he's like he's starting to care for the kid and I'm just like, Oh, it's actually got some feel to this. So I just love it. And I can't wait for Bad Santa two next year as well. Yes. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Really? yeah. 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 It's being made. Is it gonna be made with Larry the Cable Guy? 
No. I hope no. not. I'll, I'll bike all that shit if it is. Because <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy did Jingle All the Way too. Yeah. That's a, that's a film I will never watch. <clears throat> no, I will never watch that either. Um, how do you feel about one that hopefully is a classic to everyone? Um, uh, a Christmas Story. That is like a phenomenal movie. No? Oh shit. Damn. <laughs> oh, I, I, no. How do, get, how do I get Tyrell out of this? I, d- I haven't met anybody that actually enjoys it out of all my what? friends. No. no. Are you kidding um, me? You really no. don't like that movie? No, I I don't. <laughs> Damn, wait. I, uh, you know, I should probably rewatch it again, to be fair, to complete, be completely fair. I just can't. I don't... It's uh, it, and you know this this sounds bad because I've actually bashed a lot of Christmas movies, but like I actually <laughs> love Christmas movies a bunch, but yeah, I can't do it. My God, my God. Uh, I think I think I will say it's not the one I watch right away, um, mm-hmm. because it's played incessantly and it's been ruined. Um, kind of like you know when they do the twenty-four hour things. Um, yeah. I have one more and then I'll strike out and then you can. <laughs> I, I don't know. If, uh, Christmas Vacation is. A classic. Yes, 100%. Jack, Christmas Vacation? Um, Never watched it. Oh, do yourself a favor and watch that. (laughs) That was, yeah, that was the second one I watched this year so far in the Christmas Christmas catalog that I usually watch. It's so good. It's the only vacation film I've actually seen. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's my second one, I think, but yeah, it's it's the only one worth seeing, actually. (laughs) Really. So, (laughs) So, Jack, what's a movie... That you, is there anyone that you save? Like, what's one that you haven't watched yet that you're that you want to watch? Um, Elf is one that I want to mm. watch. That Will I haven't watched that yet either. Really? Uh, Not this year. I, I, I haven't watched it yet, but I always watch it every year because I just love Will Ferrell and I just love the whole story of it, where he's just and he's he thinks he's an elf, but he's a human and he's trying to find his dad, who's James Caan. I just love it, but it's just one of those Christmas films which I haven't been saving it, I just haven't watched it yet out of my whole Christmas bunch that I haven't watched, so I'm probably going to watch it like maybe tomorrow or Tuesday, but yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. Elf. That's it's... one of the best Christmas gifts I ever got. I remember getting <laughs> um, a brand new, on Christmas we got a brand new DVD player, Hell and yeah. we got Elf, <laughs> and that shit was on repeat all day. It was so good. <laughs> okay. I love... I. Absolutely. Sometimes I just watch it even during like like dead of summer. The scene where he's break dancing in the in the in the mailroom. Yeah, dude, <laughs> that is like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> straight up, um, nothing would be. I haven't watched it yet this 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 year. Nothing would be. Have you guys seen Just Friends? You, yeah. Everyone's probably sick of me talking about. Oh it. yeah, I've seen it. No, I haven't seen that. I have not seen that. It. All I can say is you gotta see it. It's a good <laughs> Christmas movie. That isn't really about Christmas, but it is. Like, I, what other type of movies are are there that that's kind of like that? Like, even Nightmare for Christmas. That's that's a good question. Is Nightmare for Christmas a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? Yeah, don't start this debate. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's well, I think it's a Halloween it's a, film. I'll just say that. No, I'm saying it. It's a Halloween film. Jack, break this tiebreaker. I wish I could. I've never seen it. Oh. Uh, actually, you're doing yourself a favor because I hate it too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm evil tonight. Yeah, dude, you're on like Grinch. a roll. Yeah, yeah I, Grinch. you know, Live actually, action. there's a poster of it in my in this room I'm in right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
There you go. Everybody, it's up there. Well, that there. makes it look like a Halloween movie. Yeah, it is. That's why. What about the live-action Grinch? You guys feeling that? Oh, uh, the Ron Howard one? I like it. I know people hate it, but I like it. Is that the one with Jim Carrey? Yes. Yeah, I like that one. I think it's, I think it's exactly what it should be for it being a Dr. Seuss book. It's, it's, it's exactly what it needs to be. I love Jim Carrey as well in the film. He's like, the, the, the Grinch. I just, I just love it. Do you remember when he's uh, trying to hail a cab and he's like, and he can't get a cab and he's like, is it because I'm green? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. good because it's kind of dark too, and that's like really, if you think about it, that's that's the story. Like it, it's a pretty dark story, and they play off that well, and it's kind of over overly whimsical and fantastical, and that makes sense. Like I like the animated one, but like the the live action ones, like in my mind, equally as good. I fully agree. The set design is immaculate. Like mm-hmm. that that. No one does set designs anymore, and I remember seeing like the making of, and they actually built all that shit. It, it looks amazing. And shout out to Taylor Momsen if she's watching this, because um, that's Cindy Lou Who, all grown up. Look her up. Really? Look her up. Yeah. Just <laughs> uh, maybe I'll flash. I'll flash a picture while I'm editing this. Beauty. Um. Anything? Any other Christmas movies? I mean, this this sucks. I mean, it's. Already the twelfth. You're running out of time. <laughs> you can never um, run out of time, man. Yeah, December twenty fifth. It's over. Well, yeah, but like, there, there's a little bit of overhang. Like I'd say, I'd say you could watch Christmas movies up until the new year, and then at that point, it's kind of it's kind of done. I think because you're still off that high off that Christmas. You know what I mean? Uh, you still you still have that. The tree's still like, up. We have no snow, which kind of sucks because that kind of dampens the mood, and it doesn't look like we'll be having any snow by that time. But uh, personally, uh, up here in Canada, believe it or not, but um, yeah. yeah, that kind of ruins the high. But still, I, I say uh, the first. What, what Jack? What do you think? When's the cutoff for Christmas movie? Is it the twenty the twenty fifth? For me personally, yeah. Because yeah, Jack. No. The whole philosophy I have on the whole Christmas thing is that once Christmas Day is done, that's it. Christmas is now over. Now we just need to look forward to the New Year and all the New Year's sales and all the Christmas stuff is gone. So right. once that's done, it's all done. That that's when, just how I see it anyway. When, when do you start? Like I know people that start like November. Uh, <laughs> me, I start in November. Oh shit. Yeah, I I just start December. Yeah, same. Like my girlfriend starts yeah. in November. Like she starts after Halloween technically, which is which is unreal. Um, but again, we don't have uh, Thanksgiving in November like the Americans do, so like we start a lot earlier in that regard. Um, or the, the the general the general thing is after the eleventh usually, uh, out of respect for like veterans and stuff. But like people start really early in November, and then uh, and then uh, after that. They go. I, I'm a more of a December guy. It has to be December before I even think about starting it. Yes. But Jack, I can when... call the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you don't like fucking. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. That's why. I, I, <laughs> you're you're sitting here wondering. Um, Jack, like, when do you guys get snow? Um. Well, this year never. Really. We we we've had no snow. This literally, all of December here in the UK, rain, 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 rain. No snow. It's it's depressing as shit because you no, can't same. have Christmas without snow. Christmas same. without snow is just ugh, we've, we've I hate only it. had we've only had rain too, and uh, we've had one snowfall and it, it didn't even stay on the ground. It was for like an hour. And, that's uh, not that's fair. It. Why? Yeah. Why? Like we have no snow too. It today I walked outside wearing a shirt, and I just sat outside. It was so warm. 
Yeah, uh, we're, like we're pretty close, Tim, in in terms of, and we've had nothing. It's been pretty warm, fairly mild for December. What the hell? I feel like I should. I feel like all the snow has melted, and we're getting into spring. Like that's what it feels like. But you know, at the same time, like after Christmas, I don't want snow. So like, I'm kind of glad overall yeah, because that's like, when it all comes I, I to. Hate, I hate I hate snow, and the only time I matter if it's snowing is like Christmas Day. So if there's snow on Christmas Day and then it's gone, I'm okay with that. Technically, winter doesn't start until the end of December, I think, as well. So right, like we're still in fall. Um, regardless, this is not a podcast about weather. Um, really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, sponsored by Weather.com. Um, it's the only response we get. Um, so yeah, uh, I ho- Jack, thank you so much for um, joining us on this segment. Um, tell our tell your our viewers um, uh, what to look forward to on your channel because it will be linked below. Um, what do you have coming up at the in December? What do you have coming up in coming months as well? Well, December I've got maybe like the one more two more Christmas film reviews to do. I've got my Return of the Jedi Star Wars film review to do just before The Force Awakens this Thursday, which I'm obviously going to do that as well. Yes. It's fluctuating between moods. I'm one, one minute I'm in a Christmas movie mood, then I'm in a Star Wars movie. It just fluctuates all the time. So I'm going to be doing those those videos soon, and then obviously I'm going to do my typical end of the year, best of the year, worst of the year, all that stuff. So And then obviously we get into the new year, New year equals new movies, which means new videos for me, so go check it out. Hell Thanks for yeah. having me on. Definitely, guys, go go check out Jack. Yep. Um, really one of my favorite channels. Um, one of my favorite videos is your Beasts of No Nation videos. That was yeah, that's a good one. That was Beast. Right. That, was, <laughs> that was literally Beast. <laughs> um, so we'll be moving on now to the next segment. Um, so sit tight, right? <laughs> sit tight, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, we're here with Dominic Jones. Uh, I kind of put on Twitter earlier. We're bringing in the Star Wars expert. Uh, I know Dominic. We uh, we actually attend the same uh, university, and I'll let him introduce himself and kind of uh, let him say what he's all about. Hi, so I'm Dominic. I, I'm from the Star Wars Underworld, which is a big Star Wars fan site. We cover all of the, the news about the movie, and TV shows, and all that fun stuff. And we also have got a couple of podcasts. We've got the main one where we're focusing on news about Star Wars and how that that is going on. And then we've got another one about uh, Star Wars Rebels. Uh, it's called Blind. Um, and you find both of them. I cool. Cool. And so I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk about some Star Wars. Fantastic. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? T- talking about Rebels real quick. Um, I've been neglecting it mainly out of time, and I sat down. I had uh, a day that I could just sit down and watch it, and I've, I'm done. I'm almost done the first season, uh, and I'm really enjoying the show. Everybody should definitely check out Star Wars Rebels. It's 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 a really really good show. Um, but Dominic, you uh, also podcast, right? Uh, let us let us in uh, to your world of podcasting. Uh, a lot of people that listen, obviously. Uh, watch Pantilt Zoom when we put out these episodes, um, and I have a history in podcasting before the show as well, so let me in on a little bit of uh, your process for how you kind of got involved with the podcasting world. 
Sure. Yeah. So I'd, I'd been just writing for the, the website for about a year when um, the other guys decided we should start a podcast. And and originally I wasn't a part of it. I would just kind of contribute uh, here and there where I could. And as things went on, people's schedules changed and, and people's... And eventually there was an opening and I said, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll fill in. I can, I can do that. I'll step up. And so we've been going at the podcast now in its current iteration for about about two years since about since around 2013, and uh, the weekly show we record them live on on Mixler, so it's it's a it's audio only. There's no video. Uh, we record them live on Mixler at, uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern on Thursday nights, and then we release them pretty much immediately afterwards on iTunes, so people can can download them and, and listen to them as they work or on their on their commute or instead of paying attention in lectures or however people listen to podcasts. In um, their X-Wing, you know. Yeah, in their X-Wing on their way, on their way from Alderaan, you know, all, all that fun. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, so that's, the, that's the, how that show works. And it's, it's, we just kind of look at the headlines from that week in Star Wars, and we talk about them. We talk about what implications they could have both in-universe and out-of-universe. Uh, we do talk about spoilers a little bit, uh, but we keep all of that to the till the end, and we give you a good chance to jump out if you don't like spoilers. We recognize that there are, you know, just as many people that don't like spoilers as do like spoilers, probably a little bit more, and they want to listen to Star Wars podcasts too, and you know, we respect that. And you know, the thing about spoilers is you're not really supposed to know them ahead of time. Right. Uh, get out. But uh, so unless they want to talk about them, we talk about them at the end of the show. And everybody that wants to uh, pretend they don't exist can uh, can listen to the first <laughs> hour and a half. Perfect. Do you guys do you guys cover like what do you prefer to cover? Um, right now, there's obviously a lot of Force Awakens stuff, but do you cover uh, extended universe, um, canon, yeah. all that stuff? We cover it all. We focus mostly on the movies. So mostly right now, it's been all, all Force Awakens, a little bit of Rogue One, a uh, little bit of episodes. Whenever there's there's movie stuff, that's that gets priority. Um, like I said, there's a separate show for Rebels, so we talk about the the episodes on their own. But if there's some Rebels news, like uh, the, it just got renewed for a third season recently, uh, we'll talk about that on the main show. And then uh, then we do get to the to the novels and the comics. We don't do many reviews or discussions of those on the podcast, but when they're announced, we do we do talk about them. And and certain certain novels we do talk about. And we've been considering for the last little while. Uh, getting a, a podcast about the novels going. You know, anytime a book comes out, to review it and go back and review some of the ones that, uh, some of the new canon novels that we we missed. Yes. Yeah. Kind of thinking. Uh, and it's just a matter. It's just a matter of time and who has time and who's reading the books and who we can get to read to, to come on the show. So that's so, uh, cool. Please um, not. Please not spoil. I'm halfway through Phantom Menace on my um, <laughs> on my Kindle and uh, it's getting really, really, really good. Yeah. And the, the novelizations of some of the books are really good, especially Revenge of the Sith, by the way. Um, that That's super cool, uh, especially that would be an interesting idea because with the, the, the comic books, there's a lot of new comics coming out for Star yeah. Wars, and since they've kind of rebooted everything with uh, with the extended universe and the, the, the canon surrounding it, uh, there's a lot of good uh, novels and uh, comics coming out. But um, switching, switching sides from the podcasting world, you're also very active in writing and editing for the website as well. Uh, now, you you were involved with that a little bit earlier than the podcast, and if I'm doing the math correctly, 
were both like 2021. 20, so you were starting to get involved in writing when you were in your late teens, I guess. So tell me about that. That's pretty young for somebody to start, you know, working uh, on a website that has so much traffic. Yeah, well, I, when when it started, you know, I, I was there right from the beginning with, with the website. Like the the Star Wars Underworld as a as a thing was first a, just a Facebook page. Uh, my friend Ben Hart, he started this Facebook page. I didn't know Ben when he started. He he created it, and uh, he was just it was just a Facebook page with posting pictures and links to stuff, and it was fun. And uh, eventually, our our other co-host from the podcast, Chris, got involved, and then they decided they hey, we should start a website. And when they started up the website, they kind of put out the call. You know, and I, I'd been kind of listening to podcasts and reading other websites, and I sort of thought, ah, I can do that. I don't know. I'll, I'll volunteer to do that. And you know, we're all sort of a, around the same age, so it was really a, it was a young young person's website, really, especially at the beginning. It was you know people in their late teens, early twenties, and I guess still is, although now it's more in the twenties aspect of it. Right. And, and it sort of, you know, in the in the early days, it was, you know, I, I look back at some of the earliest stuff. It was some of the writing was a bit teenagey. It was a bit, you know, and it, it's as with everything, it kind of grew up and progressed. And, and you know, in the website itself really kind of took off with the podcast in in 2013. I sort of looked to around, you know, in the time between the movie being the new movies being announced and uh, Star Wars Celebration Europe 2013 as sort of the time when things really began to pick up and then Europe, uh, you know, we were one of the only fan sites there covering it, so that was a good boost. And, uh, you know, then it's just kind of kept kept rolling through all of the amazing things that have been happening with Star Wars in the last year and a half. Wow. That's that's crazy. Um, and, you know, not, not only speaking to the dedication of, of staying with something uh, that long, but... Uh, the growth there there it's it's phenomenal working and building yourself up to something on that scale and uh, you know Star Wars is a saturated market it's it's been around since 77 and there's been a lot of dedicated fan websites and there's been a lot of podcasts so how do you feel like you guys outside of those events broke in uh, where did you find that secret formula formula to stay relevant and stay uh, ever growing I think it was social media. I think if you look at the Star Wars Underworld, Facebook especially, but Twitter as well to a lesser extent, uh, we definitely have the most uh, Facebook followers of, of the fan sites out there. And, you know, there are still bigger fan sites than us. You know, I look at our, you know, our friends that make Star Wars and, and Jedi News. You know, they're, they're still bigger than us at, at the for the time being, but our our sweet spot has been kind of the social media and you know, reaching people that way. Uh, because you know that's that's kind of how people get to websites now. They log into Facebook and they see links to oh hey guess what there's a new story about there's a there's a there's the 14th TV spot for the Force Awakens I guess I'll watch that. <laughs> so it, it's I think that sort of was our our secret because it did it started as a Facebook page and it had a huge following before it even became a website became a right. Party. Wow. Now how do you guys how do you guys like uh, differ yourself from those competitors you just mentioned like. Because obviously, I mean, with news, it's 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 a, one one story can be put everywhere else. But do you guys like to do also like to counter like the news stuff, some more personal pieces or something like yeah. that? Yeah, we do, we do like to do that. We like to have some some reviews and some opinion pieces. Um, yeah, that's something I'd like to do more of. Actually, it's it's again, it's just a matter of of finding the time to do so. But yeah, we like to do that, and we like to always inject 
uh, opinion into the news stories. You know, we put the put the facts first, and then kind of go, okay, here's what I think this means. Because a lot of times you'll see a comment from somebody, uh, you know, related to the production, and it can be completely, uh, completely taken out of context. There was a comment from uh, John Boyega, who plays Finn in the new movie, about sort of saying like, well, I'm not sure how people are going to react to the new movie, and some sites were kind of running with that as like. Uh, he thinks the movie's terrible. He's gonna he, even he thinks the movie's bad. It's, what does this mean? And it's when really, if you look at it, it's like, well, no. He just he doesn't know how people are going to react to it. It's it's a very you know reacting to a movie. It's a personal thing. Everybody has a different opinion, and you know maybe it means there's a twist in the movie that people aren't going to see coming. And, you know how are they going to react to that? That's a bigger question than is the movie good or not. Right. And so without looking at things like that, or when. News get up, gets out that like the new Battlefront game when it got, or got out that it wouldn't have any content from the prequels or the the Clone Wars. We were kind of you know as as prequel era kids, you know, we can recognize that the the movies are maybe not as good, but we still love the stories and we love the additions to the mythology uh, that those movies made. And to completely exclude them from the game felt like a mistake. And so we were really trying to call out the people at, at Battlefront for. You know, excluding half the story, yeah, uh, and so you kind of put that kind of opinion into that into the news. So it's you know, you know, sometimes you just need to get the story out there quickly, <laughs> and you just get these are the facts. That's the story. But usually, we like to put in a little bit of opinion and you know, a little right. bit of analysis of what what does this news mean? Yeah, and that's the bread and butter because more more so now than than ever before. Uh, Tim and I both being YouTube. Uh, film reviewers first before this it's my my whole ideology when coming onto YouTube it's just, it's changed since then but it was like okay I'm gonna do reviews that are under two minutes because people just want to stick to the facts and they want to know and when I would put out pieces that were longer on like film history or film theory it's 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 not necessarily driving as much traffic so there's an interesting balance between you know do you have the time and the uh, and is it worth it to do opinion and do these more uh, larger pieces versus news and things like that? And especially when people are gravitating towards something that's on social media where they're looking for it fast. But getting away from something more serious and I guess uh, a little bit deeper in terms of the business side of it, let's let's go to some fun questions. You know, our listeners like fun questions. Uh, they like uh, things about Star Wars, obviously. So let's let's go. What what's your favorite lightsaber color? <laughs> <laughs> the purple one. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, yeah. I've always I've always been a, a blue lightsaber. Uh, you know, classic. Got to go with the Luke Skywalker one. This one actually is from uh, San Diego Comic Cons, the one they gave out at the big fan concert event. Cool. So yeah, I keep that one close. But uh, yeah, I got I got to go blue. Um, you know, they're all cool. You know, the purple one is is pretty awesome. But yeah, you can't beat the classic. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, now, how about like this? I don't know. For me, this isn't, uh, and I feel like a lot of people aren't necessarily like, oh, this is the most burning, hard question to answer, but what is your favorite Star Wars film? Is it something that's super sentimental to you, or is it, like, objectively the best one? Like, where do you pick? Yeah. I mean, uh, objectively, the best one is is Empire Strikes Back. I think um, just the the combination of, of Lucas's story with Kirshner's uh, directing 
and and everybody I think in that movie everybody really came together and was really on the same page about everything mm-hmm. and I, so I, I think Empire Strikes Back just objectively as a film is the best um, but I mean like I, I it's very hard for me to pick it sentimentally a favorite because I, I look at all of them and I, and I love different aspects of them all. So I, my go-to answer for that is, is always just the original, just a new hope because that's the one that, that started it all. But, you know, I could, I could yeah. make this for, for Phantom Menace very easily. I, I do yeah. love Phantom Menace. Um, it, 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 it's, I think aesthetically Phantom Menace is the most interesting um, and I don't mean that from a sense of, oh, the lightsabers are, fights is so cool, man. I think that just the, <laughs> everything about that movie, um, from the, the, the design to even the way it's shot, I think it's, it's very shot very differently than even the other prequel movies. Um, yeah. And, so I could easily make that case. I could make it... I, even Attack of the Clones. I love Attack of the Clones. Hey, do you really like that one, actually? I, I, I'll make I'll, I'll make something that I'll say something that a lot of people would be embarrassed to say at this point. But first of all, the first Star Wars movie I saw was uh, Phantom Menace in theaters when I was four years old. So it's the first movie I ever saw. But I actually used to like Attack of the Clones as my favorite movie when I was oh. a child because. Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favorite character, and that movie is largely driven by him and Ewan McGregor as him, and I really enjoyed that. And yeah. I was like, you know what? That's my favorite movie for, for a long, long time. Um, and now that, that leads to another question. There's been a lot of talk recently, especially around the fact that, okay, the prequels aren't as bad as people are saying. You know, good critics like Ebert said that they were great films. It's just the jadedness of... Uh, of the people now, they're saying that obviously the the originals are better. Uh, and you know, when it, when it gets down to it, you can't really replace something that was the original, even especially because you know, A New Hope is 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 good. It's the first one, and it was a success. Uh, what do you say to this? You probably deal with it every day in the comment sections. Uh, you're dealing with Star Wars fans all the time. What do you say to those people that are prequel haters or are, are constantly comparing the original films, the original trilogy, to the prequel trilogy? Yeah, I, I think the first thing to, to do is to, to make a distinction between the people that are, are prequel haters and, and, the, and people who... Uh, just like the originals better, because there are there are a lot of people that have you know they have their criticisms of the prequels, but they still enjoy them, and I, I think it's important to understand that you can have criticisms of something and still enjoy them. Uh, but with with the people that that just don't like it, it you know they're they're kind of set in their ways, and there's not much you can do except sort of say, you know. Agree to disagree on this, and you know, try and yeah. point out some of the some of the more interesting aspects of the prequels. And you know, a lot one of the things that's being circulated a lot right now is the Star Wars ring theory, which is a yes. fascinating visual and and narrative analysis of the entire saga. And it, it it really puts a lot of the things that were done in the prequels in a new light. And I've spoken with with Mike Klimo, who wrote it, and it, he, just to hear him talk about that and the research that went into it and some of the things he, he points to are, are really, really fascinating. And so you know, I think it's important to tr- try and point to some of the more interesting aspects of the films. And the other thing is, to, you can always put it this way, is you, know, you don't have to like the prequels as films, but if you look at some of the, uh, some of the ideas and some of the things that are presented in the prequels and some of the stories that are there in the prequels, even if you don't think they were pulled off the best... Mm-hmm. Um, appreciate them. Another friend of mine uh, he's a comedian, his name's Steel Saunders he has his own Star Wars podcast, Steel Wars you know, we were talking about the prequels and he's not, 
you know, he's not the biggest fan of the prequels. He doesn't hate them. He he has the moments that he likes. And we were talking about the overall plot of everything that Palpatine was doing in the film. And he he said, you know, one thing I will always give credit to George for is that is a brilliant plot. That is a brilliant yeah. story. It's just some of the execution for him wasn't there. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you know, it's I think it's hard to find really deep down people that are naysayers to things like Darth Maul, who, if anything, is one of the coolest characters and creations of George Lucas of all time. That yeah. you know, that double-ended kind of staff lightsaber was mind-boggling back in the day. Still is to this day. This song uh, too. Yeah, and and not to mention, you know, I, I like politics and the, the political side of the Star Wars stories, especially the prequels, is actually for me quite interesting and engaging. So, you know, I think you gave a, a perfect answer there and uh, it is tedious and it is tiresome to be fighting the same debates over and over again with the Star Wars, uh, with the with all these different, I guess, sects of fans of Star Wars and, and what they hate and uh, don't hate, but you'll find that really in any kind of, uh, any kind of fandom. I think you're missing one major thing that makes the prequels actually good. Uh, the e the ET is in it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so count me in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can't, you know. can't um, they say that? Yeah. For well, that, sure. Putting ET in in the movie may, means that Star Wars is our galaxy, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's everything I ever wanted as a yeah. child and now. Um, Got a kid but, from Jingle All the Way in it, like. I just watched that. Yeah, I was like, Jake Lloyd. Um, make a conspiracy theory about that shit, and I yeah. will. We need Arnold. We need Arnold Schwarzenegger in the new one. Um, now, okay, we'll go back to some fun questions. This, you know, there's there's literally thousands of characters. What's your second favorite lightsaber? What's your yeah? What's your second favorite? No, uh, this one's another one that's kind of I guess uh, frivolous in a way, but favorite character. Oh boy, yeah, yeah. Again, I just I go through all different characters that I love from you know again I, I'm a big fan of Obi-Wan I love Obi-Wan uh, Luke Skywalker, Yoda Princess Leia, R2 uh, you, even if you look in prequel in the prequels I, there's a character in, in Attack of the Clones who's just a, a bit character but Dexter Jetster mm-hmm. that's a character that I, re- I really like and I really <laughs> and I would I would read a novel or, or a comic series or even see an anthology film of just about that guy's life um but I, I, again, at the end of the day, I think I have to come back to just to Luke Skywalker because I I just love his story and there are so many great moments. One of my favorite moments in Star Wars movies is when Luke is in Yoda's hut and he's just kind of realizing what's going on, and he hears Obi Wan's voice and he goes to stand up and he hits his head on the ceiling. I don't know if that's planned or, or anything, but it. Either way, it's just a brilliant little bit that captures where that character is, and I, I, I'm really intrigued to see where he is in the sequels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just on the poster. I heard that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I, I played really quick. Um, little tidbit. I, for three months maybe on end, I played incessantly. Uh, Star Wars Card Trader. Um, oh yeah. Do you, do you... I, I, I'm still playing it. Yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> you'll you'll understand my pain um, that at some point you hit a wall if you don't want to pay for it. But um, I was bl- like my mind was blown how many characters yeah. George Lucas has created, and and I was just that's one thing to also just remember like George Lucas. Let alone maybe the movies aren't that good, but like, he's invented an entire universe where it's not just like extra alien number one, extra alien number two. He gave them names. They have like backstories. It's brilliant. <laughs> 
Uh, and and Joel Edgerton is in one of the movies too. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. It's yeah. a it's a it's a testament to the creative side, the storytelling side. Because above all, if you diss George Lucas as much as you want, regardless of his technicalities as a director or whatever, he's a great businessman and he's a great storyteller above anything else. Whether it's even outside of Star Wars with like Indiana Jones and things, the guy can tell a story. So that's that's really what's important. Um, so Dominic, uh, thank you uh, very much for coming on. Uh, let everybody know uh, where uh, they can find you on social media and your website, uh, Star Wars Underworld, and uh, so they can you know subscribe or bookmark your website and things like that. Yeah, for sure. So it's it's Star Wars Underworld. Dot com. That's the that's the site. That's where you get all your breaking Star Wars news. Uh, there's opinion pieces. There's reviews. There's all that fun stuff. Uh, you also find all the podcasts there, and you can so just subscribe to the podcast. Stitcher, wherever you get your your podcasts, and uh, you know weekly shows about two hours long talking Star Wars. Uh, and of course, if you want to follow me personally, you can just do so at DominicJ25 on Twitter. I go through phases where I'm, I'm really active on Twitter and then really, really quiet. And so I'm in kind of one of my down phases, but I, I'm, there's a little thing happening in about <laughs> days that I think will get me to say a few more things on Twitter. Um, cool. So yeah, those are, that's, that's how to do it. Lastly, uh, I know this question already, but for everybody else, where are you seeing Star Wars? <laughs> what? Uh, how are you seeing Star Wars? Like IMAX, uh, 3D, 2D, and at what time? What so, shirt are they gonna wear too? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the question. Uh, that's the big question. Yeah, so I'm going uh, down to the states to see it with uh, my co-hosts Chris and Ben from the Star Wars Underworld. We're going down to uh, to my friend Ben's uh, neck of the woods. So we're going down to Mississippi, which is a uh, <laughs> thing. Uh, not. I'll be. I'll admit it. Not my first choice for places to see Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. It's the company, not the location that I'm going right. to. See. And so we're gonna go down and see it there. We're seeing it Thursday night, 7 p.m. Nice. First in 2D, and then the next day, we're heading to the IMAX 3D, and we're gonna see it that way. And I'm sure I'll see it. I'll see it every way possible. I'm sure I'll see it regular 3D, 2D again. If they had a black and white version, I'd see that. If they had black and white. <laughs> Title cards, like it was an old silent movie. I'd see it that way. Uh, I, I, I do intend to see this movie many, many times. Awesome. <laughs> Lego version eight. Lego, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Dominic, for coming on. Uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you more about Star Wars in real life and on the podcast in the future. And make sure you guys go check out the podcast on the website. That's honestly where I find my breaking news. Ever since Dominic, I found out about it. It's uh, on my Facebook, Twitter. And we'll websites bookmark. They break the news fast, and they do some really cool, cool stuff over there. So make sure you check it out. Thank you. All right, everybody. We have come to the end of the episode. Uh, thank you very much for watching episode 10. Woo! <laughs> Tim's there with the Santa Claus hat. I'm ready. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so, we're losing this month, you know? I mean, you got to make it worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time this goes up, this is going to be towards the end of December, so um, we have a big message for you guys before we sign off, and that is please, whatever holiday you celebrate, even if the holiday you celebrate is the winter solstice, please enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Enjoy this time, even if it's a little bit warm out where you live. um, This time only comes once a year, and please have fun, see your friends, eat good food, uh, do whatever you gotta do to be joyous and happy, uh, even if it's, you know, 
watching something that no one likes. <laughs> if, it's, if it's watching Edge of Tomorrow. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, do that, guys. Uh, Pantel Zoom's coming back in the new year. We're taking a holiday break like everybody else, and we'll be back in the new year. We're going to be doing live shows. We're going to be improving segments, having awesome guests on. It's a new year, so you might see some of your favorite guests back for round twos. Yeah. You know, Ram, Matt, everybody that we've ever had on. Jackson. Uh, Jackson back for back for round two possibly and some cool things and new movies of course always coming out so if mm-hmm. you guys want to reach us on social media you can do so at twitter.com slash zoom show you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash zoom you can send us questions on there just like doc did uh, you can find us on youtube at youtube.com slash zoom and you can find our personal twitters i'm tyrell underscore listen and you can find tim at uh, late reviews, twitter.com slash late reviews. Perfect. Uh, and all that's in the description box below with all the other good timestamps for your favorite segments and things like that, guys. So yeah. thank you very much. Yeah. See you in the new year. Yeah. <laughs> See you next year, motherfuckers. <laughs>